Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. We can collectively heave a huge sigh of relief. Spring is here! Gardens up and down the UK are revealing glimpses of the season to come and this gentle crescendo of colour will only get better as the weeks and months pass by. Snowdrops, aconites, cyclamen and hellebores will gradually give way to irises, crocuses, daffodils and fritillaries. These displays, whilst diminutive in stature, are brazen in colour. And let's not forget the more sizeable camellias, azaleas and rhododendrons, along with forsythias, shenomalies, wisteria, cherries, lilacs and a plethora of other less mainstream plants. As spring unfurls, we're in for a guaranteed sensory bombardment. With discussions about all these plants and many more on the cards, join us now as we transport you into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. It's 8am on Monday morning and I've just arrived at Stonelands for my week of work and as you will know if you're a regular listener we didn't get an episode out last week because we've been pretty busy with things like the Bewley Flower Show and Lucy's been on holiday and I've been on holiday so we're back in our gardens now. Uh, Lucy's going to have a bit of a break for this episode But I thought what I would do is bring you along for my week of work. So I'm going to bring you a little snippet of my gardening life every day this week. It's a quite cool day today, pretty overcast, but I'm standing right next to Stortonia hexaphylla, which is a a reasonably rare climber, but absolutely laden with flower. And what it's known for is its scent. It's sickly sherbet. I love that kind of scent. It's not to everyone's taste but I absolutely love the scent and it's quite invigorating for such an early morning. I work from eight till five uh, full time every day and I have two gardeners who work at Stones, Nigel and Brian who will be in on Tuesday and Thursday so hopefully we'll hear from them later in the podcast. But what's nice about a Monday on my own is I can just spend the day having a think about the garden, having a bit of a plan and also doing a bit of pootling uh, those jobs that don't really get done uh, on mass in the day because of things like mowing and just maintaining the garden. And what I'll do first on most Mondays is just have a little stroll around the garden, 10-15 minutes, just to see how things are looking. I think as a head gardener, lots of people can get straight into work and forget to go and have a look at the garden itself and the work that they've been doing all year. We're in the second week of May now and I think the garden is probably in its height in its crescendo from now until middle of June end of June where you can start to see the signs that we're sort of going off the boil slightly and we're descending into that uh, rolling uh, boil of summer but at the moment we've got things like rhododendrons in full flower from my vantage point here next to the office at Stonehenge I can see couple of bushes of rhododendron augustinii flowering blue mauve flowers absolutely mop of uh, color going down the woodland garden there's also some pinks yellows and whites i know that rhododendron luteum was starting to come out last week so i'll probably go and visit that as again that has a scent that will uh, wake me up it's my coffee in the morning to go and smell some of these plants and i'll spend uh, most of the morning just planning the work and making sure we've got all the materials, going out to get fuel, going to get out plants that we need for the week. 
I'll also try and get through the umpteen emails that I've been putting off for the last two weeks as I've been away from the garden. So I need to write some of those. So uh, it's not all uh, it's not all hands in the soil. There is a lot of admin to do, and I'm sure head gardeners who listen to this, or even gardeners listen to this, know that you can't just run a garden with a trowel. You do need to plan and buy things and make sure things come in for the day. So that will probably be most of my Monday. What I'm hoping is after my first break, I can get down to the greenhouse because the vegetable garden is going to be my focus for this week. I have uh, run a little late on some of the plantings. I've got beetroot, I've got leeks, I've got all kinds of tomatoes to plant up. I also need to do a bit of cleaning in the greenhouse as well. Generally, we would have cleaned the greenhouse by the end of March, start of April. But with the storms that we had and various other things going on, I haven't really been able to give it my full attention. So this week, I really want to get out the brushes get the moss out of the uh, the window panes, give the gutters a clean, just get it ready for that growing period because the tomatoes will be going into the beds in the greenhouse, hanging baskets will be going up with tumbling tomatoes in and I'll also start planting out some of the chilies, peppers and aubergines into their final pots and have those ready for display. So it sort of switches over from uh, what I would call seed production to them being the, the the main display of a greenhouse one side usually veg and the other side my ornamental plants that I grow ready to be planted out either later in spring or in autumn the other thing I've got to make sure I do today is go and check on the housekeeper uh, there's only two of us that work here permanently at Stonelands so it's a small team which is nice in some ways because we can uh, keep up with each other quite well and see what's going on but it also means that we are the focus of anything that goes on at Stoneland. So I know that the family have been down over the weekend, so it's worth me just catching up with the housekeeper and seeing that the family are okay, if they've enjoyed the garden, how it's all been. So that'll be something else I'll be doing today. But the main thing at the moment is that I'm just going to go have a lovely walk around and uh, just see what's flowering, stick my head in a few flowers and see what the scents are like and just get a sense of where the garden is at the moment and any work that we need to do for the rest of the week. Well, it's uh, just past lunch and finally I've managed to make it down to the veggie garden. I'm in the greenhouse at the moment and uh, it's time to do some actual gardening. Unfortunately, this morning I had a lot of things to do. I had to go and run an errand for later in the week. We've got our first group visit for three years coming so I had to get some supplies for them but finally I'm actually going to do some gardening and it's it is a common thing that some days don't quite run to plan at any garden and you have to go off and do some things that you hadn't expected but it's quite nice uh, fortunately slightly misty today so not quite as sunny as the past few weeks but it's nice to be in the vegetable garden I'm going to put out some beetroot hopefully sow some seeds for some later crops, some squashes, some sweet corn and uh, some later cucumbers as well and also plant up the hanging baskets of tomatoes and do a little bit of sorting out in the greenhouse. So I'll leave you with that for today and I will uh, see you again tomorrow. Oh, oh. So I finally made some time to talk to you on Tuesday today. 
I say finally, it's actually almost time for me to go home. Today has not worked out as well as I would hope it would. And not so much to do with the gun, but to do with my way in. Unfortunately, I got a puncher on my car and uh, that's quite annoying. I, I, I'm very lucky. I actually managed to limp all the way into Stoneland. So the, the car is parked outside the garage at the top of the garden, but with a puncher. So I'm going to have to sort that out at some point. We're very lucky in Dawlish and we have a very, very good uh, mobile tyre fitter called Mark. Mark of Tyre Tech Dawlish. I don't mind giving him a shout out because he's been brilliant for us here at Stonelands. Uh, we learnt of him quite early on in my time here and he has not only sorted out my car, Nigel car, every apprentice we've had here, he's always managed to sort out the tyres, but he also does our tractor and trailer tyres as well. It's always worth knowing certain local tradesmen and individuals that can do things like this, because you'd be surprised how many times you have to call on someone to help you with tyres or do some welding or just to fix a two-stroke engine, various things. So always get to know uh, your local tradespeople there's a lot of skills out there and a lot of nice people anyway uh, unfortunately mark can't get to me till tomorrow so i'm having to leave the car here at stonelands and i'm going to have to get the train home unfortunately that takes me about two and a half hours to get home so i've got a long journey ahead of me uh, which hasn't been the greatest start luckily the garden has lifted my soul slightly uh, brian and nigel are in today um, and they've done some terrific work. Brian's been working up in the woodland garden for the past few weeks, just trying to get rid of some of the mountainous weeds. I don't know if anyone else has been suffering from this, but we've had cleavers, uh, which is a gallium, uh, or sticky willy, as it's known down in this part of the world, uh, has absolutely grown and grown. It's, it's, it's like the red weed on War of the Worlds. It's just covering everything in the woodland garden, but... No, uh, Brian's been working at it uh, seriously for a couple of weeks now and it's beginning to look really nice up there in the woodland garden. Uh, Nigel's down uh, cutting the tree circles. I'm a very keen tree circle man. Um, some of my friends know this, that I think that the tree circle is the tree's best friend, especially if you're planting in something like a lawn or uh, in your shrub beds. Make sure there's a nice clear circumference around the base of the tree wherever you plant it uh, our tree circles are about two meters in diameter and we we increase them as the tree grows but they're great because you can mulch them you can keep them well weeded and i think it really helps the health of the tree we had three cherries along the drive that when i first came were looking very sickly and i found out that they were planted in a part of the the lawn where it suffered from compaction but also waterlogging in the winter so we put the tree circles in and started mulching and slowly and surely in about two years that waterlogging has subsided. Uh, we've not seen any standing water around those trees anymore and I swear the trees are, have doubled, almost tripled in size in the last three years. So that obviously works for them really well. So I can see Nigel is just starting to pack up from here. He's just putting away his edging shears. So he's made those look really nice. I think there's a, there is a nice aesthetic quality to it as well. I've been uh, jetting around to and fro uh, trying to get certain things done. Also having to phone up and sort out my, my car. I've managed to take a little bit of time in the veg garden uh, to 
plant up some more seeds. I'm hoping to spend some more time in the veg garden later in the week and the start of next week because really that's the only part of the garden where I feel like we haven't really got on top of. I'm, I'm feeling a few weeks behind there but a few days spent in it will make me feel a lot better. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, we have our first group in from the National Garden Scheme. It's been three years since we've had groups due to the pandemic so I'm really looking forward to tomorrow but at the moment I've just got my grumpy head on because of this puncture so I'm going to leave it here and I will uh, hopefully talk to you again tomorrow after a quite lengthy train journey back home and then back here sometimes I think I should just stay here overnight and then it will all be done but anyway I'll see you all tomorrow Oh dear, uh, it's Wednesday morning and it is chucking it down. Uh, now I'm in two minds about this because firstly we haven't had much rain, especially during April. So actually I'm quite pleased for a bit of rain. It means I don't have to go out and water everything. It means the garden will get a little bit of a, a respite from the continuing uh, drought we've been suffering for this early spring period. But as many of you will recall from yesterday's chat... I've got a group coming in uh, for the National Garden Scheme. 20 people from the Ogwell Gardening Club. And I did promise them, <laughs> rather foolhardily, that we were going to have some beautiful sunny weather. And uh, we're not. It's chucking it down. And uh, I'm standing in the shed, hoping for a bit of sunshine. I'm doing the inverse rain dance here. Um, it's nice that we get groups in. I've got to say, uh, one of the things that I do miss from moving from the public sphere of gardening to private is the ability to show the garden to people. Having said that, I do enjoy the, the solitude and the, and the quietness of a private garden and it's not being interrupted. But it is nice occasionally just to show off the work you've done, all that hard work all the flowers and the garden looking great so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this group coming in like I said it's been almost three years since I had my last group and the national garden scheme is great it's a it's a national charity of open gardens either by appointment like mine or you can just go on a dedicated open day which many of them do and uh, all the money raised goes to various charities uh, cancer charities uh, and some others including one of my favorites uh, it's very specific to garden, which is called Perennial. You know, you've probably heard me mention Perennial on the podcast before. But charity set up to help uh, gardeners when they're hit hard times, to m manage to give advice or even help financially. So um, well worth checking out your local NGS gardens. Just look in that yellow book and remember all the money that you give for entry goes to the charity to help all those good causes. So yes, I am looking forward to the group coming in, but only if it does stop raining. They did give me a ring, or the, the, the leader of the group gave me a ring yesterday to ask me whether it was worth doing. And I have said, looking at the weather forecast, that the uh, sun is meant to come out bang on when they come through the gates. So I really may have just... <laughs> Cause my own funeral there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the uh, we'll see how the weather goes. Wet weather at Stonelands can be a little tricky. We don't have a huge amount of indoor space. I'm in the potting shed at the moment, so I'm going to plant up some more seeds. Uh, continue with the work I was doing yesterday. Uh, we've got a small greenhouse we can work in, and the garage 
is great for uh, wet days when I can get to maybe servicing some small machinery or, or cleaning up some of the tools, etc. But apart from that, compared to my old days at Kew or the uh, National Trust where you had very large greenhouses you could work in or the big uh, show palm house or temperate house at Kew where there was lots of work to do, it can be hard if you have a, a week of continual rain. You can be scratching around a bit to try and find some work so i'm hoping the rain will stop soon um i will just pause here for a moment and i will get back to you once the group's been just to uh, give you some thoughts on uh, how that went well move over michael fish and ian mccaskill i think i've got a a, a second job in this meteorological game i guessed that the sun would come out the minute they walked through the gate and what did it do absolutely the big yellow disc in the sky appeared from behind the clouds and we had a glorious afternoon the group absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it i've got to say showing off a garden in really nice weather is a much easier task to do than trying to get people to huddle under some sort of tree while you try and tell them about uh, a liquid amber or some kind of rhododendron it's so much easier when the sun is shining and uh, what a great group they were too uh, lots of questions i really like showing garden groups specifically around the garden because it generally has a lot of people that are very interested in what I do here in terms of the practical elements of the garden things like the mulching uh, how I prune here the application of the meadow I, I love to uh, wax lyrical about how we're creating the meadow or just showing them my compost heaps I'm always taken aback when I say would anyone like to see the compost heaps and I get a unanimous yes please uh, and people are quite interested in them obviously they're a lot bigger than most of them can apply at home but I think the uh, the way I do it makes sense to them and I'm hoping maybe one or two of them will set themselves up some small heaps but I absolutely adore doing the doing the show and tell bit of the garden and I think they all thoroughly enjoyed it when we went down to the river uh, we just stopped off by a bridge and I always hope at that point that we do have kingfishers here along the Dawlish water and I've seen them flitting up and down the river but they never appear when the group comes and lo and behold they didn't appear this time but a bunch of the uh, dippers did. Uh, it's a little black and white bird uh, and it will stand on the side of the riverbank or on, or on our weirs and it has this very distinctive little dipping dance. That's where it gets its name from. And they came down the river just at the point where I started talking about them. So they were perfectly choreographed, uh, which is brilliant. Anyway, I've had uh, a, a great end to Wednesday. Uh, not only has the group thoroughly enjoyed them and uh, they've gone away really pleased, but the puncture on my car has also been repaired by Mark. So I can go home in my car tonight and not have another two and a half hour journey as I did this morning. So I think the week has uh, has done its uh, little dip into despair. And now we're on the, uh, the upward hill of uh, enjoying the garden and having a, a nice rest of the week. So I will see you tomorrow where it's uh, mowing day and uh, uh, hopefully the car will get me all the way home. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Thursday morning, 
just about 10 o'clock. Uh, just been working on some mowing, as you probably could hear. Thursday is the traditional mowing day here at Stonelands, although that is changing, which I'll discuss in more detail in a second. But uh, it's Thursday, so Nigel and Brian are with me as well. Nigel is off mowing, and Brian... I have set on a task to help the housekeeper. We have two attached properties at Stonelands. Both have gardens, which we sort of, I I say very loosely, sort of look after. (laughs) I try to uh, reduce the hours that I put into them as the main garden takes up so much time. I don't have as much time to really look after those. But we decided to spend a day looking after the garden for the housekeeper. She has a few tasks and uh, Brian is over there helping. I will go over and help him once I've finished the main mowing here and help him mostly with the ferrying of stuff. I think he's got a lot of pruning to remove. I think a lot of overgrown shrubs uh, and trees and things are over there. I haven't really looked after the garden for two years since before the pandemic, so it definitely needs some work. Like I say, Thursday is the traditional mowing day here at Stolen's. It has been since I started. There is a lot of grass at Stonelands. Um, I'm sure you've heard in past podcasts me talking about the fact that I've tried to reduce the amount of mowing. I've set up the hay meadow up in the orchard. Lots of the woodland is now rougher grass. But we still have around two acres of formal lawns that surround the house here. So there is a fair amount of mowing to do. Now, luckily, Nigel has been here a bit longer than even me. He's been here about 10 years. So he knows the mowing back to front. And it's a great little partnership we have. He does all the uh, outlying bits, the sort of border near the borders. He uses the a rough rougher mower uh, just to get all that done. And then I infill with the ride-on and the formal pedestrian mowing. And it's great. We do it. Well, we have done it every Thursday. We used to, pre-pandemic, have three people doing it. So we used to be able to get it quite quickly. But like most gardens, I'm sure, during the pandemic, we've had to try to reduce our workload. I did. I was here on my own. And therefore, although I tried to start by keeping the grass to its usual formality, that soon degenerated when I realised I just didn't have the time or the uh, the physical aptitude to keep mowing. So since then, I've had a really good think about exactly how we mow, when we mow, uh, and the time frequencies between mowing as well. I'm sure most of you uh, keen gardeners have heard an initiative called No Mow May, which is an initiative for us to stop mowing our lawns in May to allow some of the wildflowers and uh, grasses to actually grow a little bit just to help out our invertebrates and therefore inversely down the food web our bird populations and our small mammals and hopefully just increase the biodiversity going on on our lawns. I'm sure most of us know that when we mow the lawns although it looks very nice it's not much there for the wildlife. So I really do support no mow may, but I am slightly on the fence because having been a gardener for 20 years, mowing was one of the first things I was taught as an apprentice. And there is a lot that goes into mowing beyond just starting up a machine and trundling across the grass. Uh, uh, Lawn lengths, seasonality, especially with the formality of putting in stripes. There's a lot to think about in mowing. And uh, I do think uh, it doesn't get as much airtime as it should do so I'm on the fence slightly because I do enjoy 
the process of mowing and I do enjoy the look of a, a good mown lawn especially in certain areas uh, around the herbaceous borders for example at Stonelands we religiously uh, stripe the lawn because it does look really good against the uh, oncoming planting and especially when the flowering starts so that's quite important but there are other areas where I think we can just reduce the mowing a bit and last year I especially experimented here with the no mow may and found that actually the lawn is riddled with buttercups, veronica, plantains, all kinds of really nice flowering wildflowers and actually after about two weeks there was this slight patina like this haze of yellow and blue that went across the lawn which was quite delightful whereas we would usually have just solid well-mown grass. So this year uh, I have changed up the routine slightly uh, mostly because there's only two of us now instead of the three so we can't mow quite as frequently as we did but also I want to encourage uh, a bit of no mow may here but that doesn't mean I've left all two acres of our formal lawn just to go long I think that would be uh, a bit inverse to what the garden's about you know we do have the formality of the herbaceous and the shrub beds so instead I've decided to mow in three quite large islands of uh, unmowed grass they total probably about a hectare maybe just over a hectare of the grass so it probably reduces my mowing time by at least a good half maybe even two-thirds which is great for me it reduces the resources we're using it means I can get on to other things as we know May is the season where everything is growing at 100 miles an hour and not just the plants that we want but also the plants we don't want a lot of weeding to do I've also got work in the veg garden so to reduce the frequency uh, and the the amount of time I spend mowing is only going to be a good thing for the rest of the garden so I've put in these three islands and they're slowly starting to uh, evolve the buttercups are very prevalent there's bits of veronica appearing so it'd be really interesting to see by the end of may exactly what it looks like and then the second thing will be trying to persuade the owner of whether this could become more of a permanent style of grass management uh, those who've listened to the podcast from the start will know that the owner was very keen on mowed lawns and i think a lot of people like that look it, it's entrenched in us especially the British we like a good mowed lawn but since I put the meadow up the hay meadow up in the orchard seven years ago the owners actually see more of the benefits of a longer grass regime especially in terms of the the amount of colour that you can get out of that space but also the biodiversity the increase in wildlife bird population so fingers crossed he might go for this no mow may scheme that I've got going we also might just continue into june we'll just see how the grass looks it's really important to read the sward read the grass that you've got and adapt your mowing to what you can see happening if things are getting out of hand it is worth maybe going in and doing a little bit of remedying a bit of mowing here and there you know you may want to change the shape of your lawn uh, which bits you do mow which bits you don't as you go just to make it look more aesthetic look at your sight lines for example we've got a a large bit of grass that punches through the herbation so it makes a nice view from the house so I've actually extended that view into the grass uh, and the islands are either side I'm hoping that will persuade the owner that actually it's a quite a nice look from the house anyway I've got a little bit more mowing to finish then I'm going to go over and help Brian with the housekeeper's garden 
and hopefully we're going to reduce the mowing by at least a few hours a day and that means I can get a bit more done in the vegetable garden and that's hopefully where I'm going to be tomorrow so I will speak to you then and uh, have a good Thursday. <sighs> well we've reached the end of the week it's a Friday and the sun is glorious. Friday is one of my favourite days and not just because it's the end of the week. It's a time for me to reflect on my week's work. Unfortunately I didn't get all the mowing finished yesterday so I've just spent a couple of hours finishing mowing through the meadow and a few of the outlying bits of pedestrian mowing that needed to do. But now I'm standing in the greenhouse and I'm going to do a little bit of work in here. Fridays are nice, I'm on my own. Uh, and it's particularly nice today because there's no one on the property, so I'm just here on my own in 16 acres of glorious garden, and nothing could be better. And in the greenhouse, we've got lots going on. There's uh, greenery everywhere, the burgeoning of life, one would say. Uh, lots of seedlings. I've got beetroot coming up in modules that I need to plant out, the second lot of beetroot. Second lot of sweet peas that will need to be planted out for some later flowers. I've also just uh, recently sown my cucurbits uh, last week and uh, just waiting for the seeds to come up. I can see some movement in the compost, so hopefully we'll have some cucurbits by the end of May to plant out as well. But I've also got lots of ornamentals in here. My Pleony collection, uh, my little uh, alpine orchids have all finished flowering now. And new green growth is coming up. These will go into the cold frame soon enough. Uh, they like to be outside uh, for most of the summer. And I will just water and feed those like normal. But we've got some ginger offsets growing. Uh, some uh, South African plants that I've been growing for a bit. Uh, some seed um, and some other bits and pieces. of Brugmansia cuttings on the other side. And some of the so self-sown plants that I've taken out of the borders and sort of potted up ready to be planted elsewhere so the greenhouse is starting to come to life I actually even planted out my tomatoes many people uh, will remember that the seeds didn't actually work on my tomatoes so I've had to buy plugs in but even in the last four days they've put on a new set of leaves and they're looking fresh and wonderful so I'll start feeding those next week and hopefully uh, we'll start getting some nice strong stems that I can attach to the strings in the greenhouse and let them climb up into the eaves and hopefully ready for fruit. So I'm going to spend the rest of today uh, in the vegetable garden. I've got some uh, borders just to prepare for the cucurbits later on. A bit of weeding to do. The May is the month of perpetual weeding. We've got some peonies just about to flower for cut flower for the house. The same with some cut flower roses. And I've got some bamboo structures to put up for things to clamber up the sweet peas, climbing peas, etc. So I was just about to uh, look at the onions when uh, the phone call has just come off and it's Lucy. Say hello, Lucy. Wait a minute, I'll put you on speaker. Wait a minute, let me put you on speaker. Say hello to the podcast. Hello. Hello, podcast. It's lovely. I'm so sorry I've interrupted. I didn't mean to. But um, I hope you're having a wonderful... Uh, Listening to Saul's week, I'm sure it's been very, very busy and maybe involving a bit of weeding. Uh, I'm guessing, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, stick off speaker. Press well, that was a nice surprise. Uh, Lucy phoning up uh, just about uh, our BBC Gardeners World Live dates coming up in June. Anyway, back to the vegetable garden. So, 
as I said, we've got onions and beans coming up and, and all the cut flowers. But something that's looking especially good this year is my spalier apples. Now, earlier in the year, you would have heard we had some large trees come down and one of them actually fell on top of a section of the espalier apples, which was quite heartbreaking at the time because I put so much effort into training these apples and they look so good along the edge of the vegetable garden. But we lost uh, a major bit out of one of the espaliers and some bits out of two of the others. But the great news is, is there's a small bud just coming up from the tip of the real, really damaged one. And I think this is going to make a new stem to come up to the top of this spalliers and then I can train it in. So, if everything always looks doom and gloom after something like a storm, life does find a way and things are growing back. So I'm going to spend the rest of the day here um, and enjoy planting some things. I might even harvest a bit of asparagus for my tea tonight. I hope you've enjoyed coming along with me for this week. There's been some ups and there's definitely been some downs and I think that's the general life of a head gardener. Uh, we like to think that we're in control of our gardens but I think the garden really is in control of us and we're just looking after it and tending it in the way that it wants us to and the way that nature intends. So if you're out in your garden this weekend, enjoy it, whatever is happening, uh, enjoy the weeding. <laughs> because there are a lot of weeds but just take a little bit of time just to sit down and enjoy the sights and the sounds and Lucy and I will see you again next week. With today's podcast at an end we hope we've given you a glimpse into our respective gardening lives. Spring is such an incredibly crucial time in the garden, so stick with us over the coming episodes as we guide you through the key tasks of the season. Whether it's propagating seeds, planting up borders, thwarting weeds or wielding those secateurs, we'll ensure your gardening season remains on track with our guidance and encouragement. And if you've enjoyed listening to us, we'd love you to leave a review via your preferred podcast provider or on one of our social media platforms. Interact with us via our Twitter accounts at Gardening Saul and at HeadGardenerLC. Lucy is also over on Instagram, again, HeadGardenerLC. If you feel so inclined, you can even support us at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingheads. Your support would mean so much to both of us. Spring offers some of the most exciting transformations. Within weeks, the muted landscape around us will become ever greener and more floriferous. We are in for an utter treat. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.